I was on another podcast recently. <gasps> I Betrayal. have been unfaithful. <laughs> no, it was actually pretty cool. I want to give him a shout out before I forget. Uh, do it, do it, do it. It is called Real Doofs, R-E-E-L, because uh, they do, they're like a movie and TV Doofs? show. Doofs. Oh, yeah. No, that's spelled the normal way. Uh, D-O-O-F-S. <laughs> Real Doofs. Uh, they're a movie and TV show podcast. Um and it started with uh, one one friend, Drew, is like a movie expert. He's seen them all. Uh, and the other two friends, uh, uh, Brian, who listens to the show, what's up, and Joe, uh, are doofs. They're doofuses. They did not see a lot of stuff. So they uh, their, their format is pretty cool. They guess what the thing is going to be about from what they know about it. And then they watch it all together okay. at the same time. Okay. And then they kind of react to it after. But then the show is the before part and then some like highlights from while they were watching it spliced together. And then the after part um, all edited together. I featured about a TV show okay. called Love is Blind. And I featured as not a doof, but one of the like the pros okay the experts on love this is team. blind love is blind it is a trash netflix tv show uh it's a reality dating show that my I've fiance and this. i are obsessed with i've heard of this uh and i won't say much about the show it's something that i've wanted to talk about on this show but i i think it'd be a very one-sided conversation because <laughs> i'm obsessed with it and i don't think you'd have very much interest in it um so if, if anybody's interested to hear my thoughts on that show check out real doofs sounds good i like yeah. that i like yeah. that um Speaking of those reality shows, did you see the one that just dropped that got that has everybody in a tizzy? No. It is I think it's called MILF Island. <laughs> <laughs> I was not expecting that. Uh, I choked on nothing. I know. Uh, so it's I delivered it very well too. But, uh, uh, it's called what was it? Oh yeah. Uh <laughs> And I guess the premise, and it's funny because the advertisement, it's all these uh, mothers talking about how they like, they like them young. They want like the hot young studs because they can go all night long and they don't get tired and all this other shit. And then it doesn't show any of the guys. It just shows their six pack abs because they're 18, 20 years old. So they have the metabolism of, of of a kid their age. Yeah. Um, and it just shows all these hot shirtless dudes walking around yeah. and like these flash cuts. And then it shows the the trailer ends with shots of the moms going, what the hell? In no way. So everybody's going, they're going to fuck their sons, aren't they? Like, it's just. Oh, no. <laughs> with all of their kids. <laughs> so they'll have to see their kids hook up with other moms. No. <laughs> I was literally I was processing like what is what do they do what is this show I don't know anyways <sighs> that's another show for you to watch it's like love is blind no that one just seems bad <laughs> love is blind I re I don't think so. so the the premise of love is blind yes is uh it's 15 guys 15 girls uh go on blind dates literally blind dates you're in these little pods where you can't see each other. You you sit on a couch, the other person mm-hmm. sits on a couch in like a nice comfy kind of private VIP looking room. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's like a wall in between that you could like hear the other person through, but you can't see them. So it's kind of like a confessional. Okay. Um, and uh, and you just go on dates with which each of the 15 other people. So the first, first round is like speed dating and then you whittle it down. And you're like, I did not like that person. And you whittle it down, you whittle it down and then you keep dating certain people and then you're dating only four, people three people and then you might make a connection with like one person or maybe two people and then if you want to continue the relationship Mm -hmm. you have to get engaged in the pods so there are proposals to this person that you've never seen before in your life and then they uh ship you off on a vacation a lovely vacation with your person for the first time it's the first day you're together is in mexico um and then you get to like live there for a week or something like that with all the other couples. So all the other people that you've been dating, you get to see who they ended up with. Uh, and then you kind of get to kind of experience each other for the first time in person. So you get to like react to what the person looks like and stuff like that. And you are engaged. 
and then they ship you home and you live in these certain like love is blind apartments uh jesus and- christ leave people alone already what nothing continue leave people alone yeah like <laughs> so they 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 send you home and you live in these apartments and then you meet each other's parents you meet each other's family you start planning the wedding you go gr- dress shopping you figure out all this stuff you figure out if you can truly live together if this is the right call do you still want to get married and then like obviously the finale of each season is weddings and do these people really get married or not and they i'm pretty sure they they try to force the uh the the stars of the show to wait until the altar to to, what? to cut it off or to get married so like if you realize a couple days in you're like oh this was a mistake i think they they try to convince you to hey don't just break up with this person save it for the altar Jesus. so it's a uh, it started out as like a social experiment is love truly blind can you form a real connection or a realer connection with someone that you've never seen then, before judging them based on your looks. And then capitalism got involved. Sure. <laughs> and then and then Instagram influencers got involved. So pretty much everybody on the show is like a big a big hunky person who's just trying to uh, get better Instagram clout and trying to raise their, their follower account. Okay. Uh, so it's pretty toxic and it's pretty pretty dramatic. And some of the characters on there are uh, wild. Uh, hard to believe they're real people, um, but it, we're addicted to it. It's it's like the I worst, can tell. I can it's tell. the worst thing we love. I can tell because <laughs> you started off by saying, "Well, I'm not going to get into it because you won't have yep. interest." And here I am. And here we here are. Here we are. Five, five wasted minutes. Five later. minutes later, we're talking about it. Um, that sounds nice for you. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. You will not like it, but if anybody's interested to hear. <laughs> us react to watching the first episode and a half of season two the problem i have with shows like that is because i like the premise i like the idea behind it yeah but because the veil of capitalism and the show ratings is are, are there yeah it's how much of this is performance yeah and exactly. it turns into is this performative or is this realistic yeah how much is is this is due to producers prodding them into situations oh yeah, yeah like i remember the first what is it uh god what was it called big brother no Survivor. ufc oh um oh my god that's how long it's that's how long that's how far out i've, I've come from being a ufc uh fan it's one of those shows where the ufc people like live together right yeah yeah and it ufc was the, real world or ufc big brother it was the first season yeah and they stuffed the house full of alcohol <laughs> and there's they told they told all the fighters you can't leave so guess what happened yeah they fought they fucking fought through the house. So <laughs> yeah. doors getting ripped, yeah. walls getting shattered and, yeah. and smashed. People and, getting thrown through walls. Yep. Yeah. Just just flat out. And it was just, what do you expect? Yeah. A bunch of competitive people doing a violent combat sport. Yeah. Uh, for, their, for their livelihood. Yeah. Getting put into a house with unlimited alcohol. <laughs> what do you think is going to happen? Yep. Yeah. Mm. It's pretty wild. Anyway. Anyways, so I just wanted to give that a shout out. Thank you. Well, that's nice of you. Um, I also want to do something. Okay. And I want to say we have two weeks before Christmas. Yes. Now, Christmas and New Year's Eve uh, both fall on the weekend, so we'll, we will have episodes. But next week will be the episode before Christmas. Yes. Would you want to do Christmas gifts next week? Because I have your gift already. Yeah. So we could do a part one, part two. Where I give you your gift tonight, and then you give me my gift next week. Uh, no, let's do it next week because do the same time. I have since I have realized that I haven't gotten you a gift yet. To now, I have ordered your gift, and it will be here by Thursday. <laughs> I didn't know if you wanted to split it up and just like, like. No, let's do it. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because I don't like one-sided gift opening. Okay. I feel okay. very on the spot. No, that's fine. In the spotlight, under that's pressure. Fine. That's fine. Yeah, next week we'll uh, we'll do each other's gifts. I know we, we said we would do it this week, but oops, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we'll do it next week. That's fine. I told you I, was, I would finish Andor and I only got two episodes further. But hey, that's something. I got no steps closer to ordering your gift. <laughs> Until now. <laughs> Fair enough. That's fine. That's totally fine. Okay. Um, I know we're not going to talk about it yet. I will just say, as far as Andor goes, I'm still shocked that you had the, th- the feelings about it that you did early on because this show is in my opinion possibly 
the best Star Wars show they've done. If anything, it's probably the best Star Wars show they've done. I love season two of The Mandalorian because of the emotional impact that it had on me. Like, it was so surprising and so fun and adventurous. And it was so fanservice-y. But screw it. I'm at a point in my life where that's what I want. If that's what gets an emotional reaction out of me, sign me up. The fan service yeah, part? Yeah, the most, like, the biggest, like, emotional reactions I've gotten that I could think of recently at, like, things that I'm a fan of. Like, Star Wars Episode Seven, when Poe is first introduced and he shoots down, like, I think it's 11 TIE Fighters in one or something, in one clean shot or something like that. Oh, my God. Like, oh, my God. That was insane. Um endgame most of avengers endgame particularly cap catching the hammer i've said this a million times on the show i involuntarily stood up out of my chair and applauded <laughs> i was so excited i felt like a dad whose team had won the super bowl is <laughs> the only way i could describe i've never felt that level of excitement watching something before do you want you want to have a real emotional hit yeah, yeah. i found it this week i didn't expect <clears throat> it to be as powerful as it was there's a YouTube uh, snippet. There's a YouTube video that's uh, like triple screened with the trailer and with uh, uh, John Boyega and Daisy Ridley's reaction to seeing so it for good. the first time. So good. I choke up every time I see it. Because <laughs> that's their first time seeing <laughs> yeah. it. And it's just, oh, man. When John Boyega, <laughs> when he ignites the lightsaber yeah. and he just flips Flip. over his couch. <laughs> yeah. And he's like giving his friends chest bumps. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Uh, and, and, and then and Daisy's Daisy just, just crying. Wet crying. <laughs> it's, by the way. It's so good. It's a badass trailer. Yeah, it's so good. That, it's such a that well first trailer. trailer. I still remember the day I saw that trailer. It was Black Friday 2014. And it was when I went into our old job together uh, to sign my new hire paperwork. I had just gotten hired, and they wanted me to come in on Black Friday to sign my paperwork. And it was after I just worked an overnight at uh, GameStop, my previous job, mm. and it was terrible. And it so solidified me getting a new job. Like, this feels right. I am leaving my all-night shift. My dad is driving me so I don't fall asleep in the car <laughs> to my new job where I'm going to sign paperwork. And then I get back in the car. My dad goes, hey, look what just dropped. And he handed me the iPhone, and we plugged it into the car speakers, and I watched it. Oh, it was so good. So good. Uh, so, yeah, that. Uh, Endgame. Uh, Cap catching the hammer. A bunch of other moments in that. And then, um, like, the whole end of Mando. Like, uh, season two? Uh, season two. Yeah, yeah, season two. Like, Luke showing up. I just cried like <laughs> i did not expect it it did not leak i thought like who could this be could this be cal kestis from the mm. jedi fallen order or something like that and then like slow hints lights it it's an x-wing we could kind of see an r2 model like holy shit what could they it's be a doing? very specific x-wing yes <laughs> and then you see the hood and you're like probably and then you see the gloved hand and you're like probably right. and then the green right. lightsaber right. and right. you're like right. it would be really mean if at yeah. that point this wasn't <laughs> Probably. And then he just starts wrecking house. And we see full Luke. And then he takes off the helmet. And I just run. Ah! <laughs> and then he asks Grogu to come with him. And Grogu has to say goodbye to Mandalorian. And he takes off the helmet. And I'm just a blubbering mess. <laughs> so, yes. Fan service works on me. And then in um, the mini season three of Mando, which was stuck in the middle of Book of Boba Fett. The whole the episodes with Ahsoka. And more Luke there. Oh, my gosh. Unbelievable. That was so good. And then the little fan services of, like, Grogu coming back and getting reunited with Mando and stuff like that. Even though it was very soon after that very emotional goodbye three episodes later. Um, just so good. So that, that shit works on me. Andor doesn't have any of that. Except for... Well, I'm not going to spoil it, but yeah, uh, yeah, don't don't spoil anything. Yeah, whoops. Come on. Um, but like n not even really. You'll know what I mean when you finish it. But um, maybe you won't even. I'll have to say it again. But yeah, um, but there's no fan service. It's just like 
lore building and like a that's deep, fan service well no fa- i mean fan service in the hey guys we brought back luke skywalker oh, oh, like okay, okay like cap saying avengers assemble finally in endgame after being so close to saying it three or four times that's okay. fan service like here's but your they, here's your nut moment they, fans yeah. <laughs> we've been building up but they this. teased you for that yeah, so it was built in. For years. Yeah. They did it on purpose for years. Yeah. For this one moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, okay. But, but Andor doesn't have any of that. Andor is just a very good story with very good no, lore building. Okay. See, and it's like miles deep okay, lore building. Okay, so this is where I, I'm excited to finish to talk about it because I'll say this. I feel like everything about this is fan service. Because this is all stemming from that one line in Return of the Jedi with Mon Mothma yeah. saying a lot of spies died for this information. Yeah. Uh, New Hope? Nope. Return of the Jedi. She comes in in the final uh, battle conference before they attack the second Death Star. Okay, interesting. Yeah. yeah. That's when the, uh, that's when Han finally unites back on the uh, the ship with everybody else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That scene when yeah. Han and Chewie sit down with Luke and Mon Mothma comes in and talks about that. This is all, like, everything about the second Death Star, everything about kind of, well, the Death Star, everything about this, right? Like, actually, you're right, New Hope. It it is New Hope, you're right. What do you mean? Both the first and the second Death Star both had lines. I forgot the, there was the the general and and New Hope who said it. Yeah. And then Mon Mothma said it again in Return of the Jedi for the second Death Star. And, like, the title crawl of episode four. Yeah. Of like plans for this were stealing by rebels or something stolen like by the that. rebel alliance yeah. and like so. on the yeah yeah you're right you're right and so the whole Rogue One movie was essentially fan service or like filling a plot hole I guess because like yeah, Rogue I'm One sorry. did I, kind of fill the plot hole of like why was there just a hole in the side of the Death Star that blew you're right up I was so I was I was wrong with about the Mon Mothma for Return of the Jedi that was a different those were Bothan spies she oh said. yeah Bothan spies yeah sure I'm sorry you were right New Hope the general saying about the spies that came in the title crawl. It's just that like all of this sets up a new hope, mm-hmm. right? It all sets off the Skywalker saga. Yeah. Well, I mean, technically Skywalker saga was kicked off with Phantom Menace, blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah. I know, but like uh, the original trilogy <laughs> of what, yeah, yeah. But the original trilogy of the experience of star Wars yeah. is, is coming from this. And, to s- here's the thing that I'm so glad that we have this going on right now with just uh, Star Wars as a franchise. We're getting it with modern day technology and it's making it grittier yes. and more realistic than we ever could have imagined it to be. Yeah. And it's just so, I think that's why I find Andor to be so well done. Not just because it's 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 technically like a drama thriller in a way, right? Yeah. yeah. But it's also just the way they shoot it they're able to shoot it so in such a gritty way that's so unique to this era of Star Wars, in my opinion. This era of of this realistic take of the grittiness. Here's a perfect the, the here's, industrialization. Well, no, no. Here's a, here's here's the only way I can explain it. We had plenty of war movies, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, in the history of cinema. Sure. When Saving Private Ryan came out, mm. that was all of a sudden a very different take on a war movie. Yeah. In terms of just just the cinematic portion of it. Yeah. Of how it was shot and treated. And that was the gritty, hardcore, almost realism behind it mm-hmm. that they pushed. And that's what I feel when how with how they shoot Andor. It yeah. doesn't feel as convenient as most Star Wars is. Yeah. Like, beep up, boop on the yeah, beep, yeah. Bop, boop on the button on the wall and like something happens and they're fine and they can get, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's not as convenient as as most of these movie experiences for Star Wars are. It's not a campy adventure. No, it's it's extremely gritty and dark and, and, and difficult and tense and yeah. stressful and they convey it so well. It, none of it is. Yeah, like before the... Uh... Like his his droid barely works. Is <laughs> running on like double A batteries. Yeah. It's, uh, it's yeah, when they're it's planning, stuttering the whole time. When they're planning for the heist, they're hiding out on the planet in the middle of the woods for weeks because that's like the only place they can lay low because they don't just have ships that you can pop in and out and like sneak in and stuff like that. 
Um, yeah, and then there's more. I don't know. Have they done the heist yet? And uh, I'm an episode ad done after the heist. So, so I finished the heist and the episode after the heist. Okay. Which is called Announcement, which was a very nice title for that. What happens in that one? Uh, it's just the consequence. It's just the after effect of, of what happened after the heist. And specifically, I forget. I, I really want the name. I keep forgetting the name of that group because it's a long name, but it's so good. The, the uh, Corpos. The what? The Corpos. No, what Corpos. Group? Never mind. The corporate guys. The guys with the gray and orange suits. No, the uh, imperial group that's that's designed to like like prevent dissidents. Okay, and it's literally like a like the jail. They're like the they're they're basically designed to enforce the empire's will through means of deceit, interesting, and infiltration and espionage. Yeah, it's I forget the name of the group. Like the folks meeting in the circular the big meeting rooms. Room. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That, yeah, that yeah, group yeah. has a has a, a oh, formal got it, title. Got it, got it. Yeah, I, those scenes are those those scenes are like almost my favorite part of the show. But that's what I'm saying. Like you're 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 seeing far more than just there's the emperor and Darth Vader. Like no, you're seeing the machine of what the empire is yeah. as as an entity, especially with. Uh, the scenes with Mon Mothma, yeah, still on Coruscant, mm-hmm. right? Coruscant's mentioned in the original trilogy, but that's just a word. Yeah, but we're seeing it. We're <laughs> like seeing right it. before Episode Four. Yeah, so we're seeing yeah. exactly what the what the climate's like and what the conditions are. You're, you're seeing all of it, and uh, I forget her character, the character's name, but she's from the Empire. When mm-hmm. she says, "I think this was their announcement." Yeah, this wasn't anything else. Yeah, that was that's why I said the title was so well named. Yeah. Um, so many of the titles are so well named, but that's what I'm saying. Like it's just, but again, just the way it's shot, it's just it's shot so well. Um, not that the other ones weren't, but it's shot so well to really convey the grittiness and the stakes and the tenseness and the anxiety yeah. of the times. They're just really they're conveying very well what what it must be like to be in that kind of pressure. Yeah. Like the actuality of the times, almost like yes, this very clean, sterile. Like, it's like a period piece. Yeah, yeah. Like corporate, like backstabbing. Like I'll make a deal with you to get this assignment because I want, I want your job instead of my job, and I want to raise and like how that all works and how it affects these things and, uh, yeah, it's it's very cool. I hope I hope you keep watching. I hope you keep enjoying, and I can't wait to uh, talk about my favorite part of the show, which I don't think you've entered yet. You don't, um, think, you don't think I've gotten there yet? No, I don't think so. What's Andor up to? Like, where is he? He just got arrested. Okay. At the jail is my favorite part. Really? Yeah. It's so fascinating. It's so fascinating. Um, and that, like, is what sealed the deal for me of, like, okay, this is this is building the Star Wars lore in a way that I didn't expect it to. And that's why I was, that's why I was excited for the show before. Cause a lot of people are like, oh, we don't need a show about Cassian Andor, but it's like, no, you don't understand. He's going to be the catalyst for mm. giving us a show about the rise of the rebellion. And like, that's what it's going to be about. And like, and then we got so much about the empire too. So yeah. Anyway, but you haven't finished it. We'll talk more about it. Uh, then. Yes. I want to know <sighs> the name of that group. Yes, so bad. Imperial group from Andor. It is the Imperial Security Bureau or ISB. Yes, but there was a fancier part to it. Dedra Miro. Dedra Miro is the yeah. the woman's name. Um, yeah, I don't know. Is it just the ISB? I it sounds familiar. Uh, ISB I know is familiar because ISB agents they're playable agents in uh, Battlefront yeah it's it's ISB I keep saying ISB when did the Imperial Security Bureau start yeah okay yeah it's so cool I love them um there's a few topics on here I wrote like four (laughs) since (laughs) since we walked up here to record um first one i think we could bang out really quick because we kind of talked about it downstairs henry cavill i uh, mm. i shared this news with you yes uh james gunn who's the new like kevin feige of dc he's gonna be their like showrunner of the universe now mm-hmm. um 
is had a, had a talk with Henry Cavill. Apparently, he like laid out his plans. All right, dear DC, here's my plans for the next ten years. Here's how I'm going to do these things since you put me in charge. And it's it's a pretty big restructuring. Um, so both he and Henry Cavill posted on Instagram. Yes, it's true. I had a talk with Henry Cavill and we've made this decision. Then Henry Cavill posted, yes, it's true. I had a really good talk with uh, James Gunn and he laid out the future for DC. And sadly, no, I will not be returning to play Superman, it turns out, Um, because James Gunn is he is going to tell a different part of the Superman story shortly after he arrives on Earth, I think they said, which would mean he's a kid. So they're going to yeah. kind of do like a Smallville kind of thing. Again, yeah. Which is interesting. I mean, well, Smallville is good, supposedly. I never saw it, but I heard well, it was Let's very just good. do it again. Why not? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I think we were kind of talking about it downstairs. It, it just seems like they're blowing it up and starting from scratch, which I kind of think is the only way forward because... The, it's so hodgepodge we're like well this counts but that doesn't really count this is its own thing but that's kind of separate and they don't really tie into each other so what about all the batmans Bl- blow them up so Pat, robert pattinson's not coming back that's maybe done. they haven't announced that but here's the thing batman the batman is their strongest thing they have right now that movie was critically very well received and commercially very well received yes and it was awesome yes um but james gunn needs to blow it up he we need to reset set it all from zero so i what you have to look at it from what dc's success versus marvel success and marvel is just back to back hit and they you can't compete with marvel but james gunn wants to the dc wants to that's why they hired james gunn they 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 took him after he was fired from marvel uh (laughs) and they're like hey you want to retry uh suicide squad and he made the suicide squad and everybody agreed it was so much better (laughs) and they're like okay he might have a he might have a point he probably had some meetings of like here's what i want to do here's what you guys are doing wrong here's my plan and they're like yeah let's put him in charge uh, he, he seems like he can run this, uh, cause we sure can't this committee of guys in suits that we have. Um, so I don't know. They're at least, they're at least blowing up Superman. I'd imagine they're going to blow up Aquaman. Did Aquaman two come out yet? No, Jesus. <laughs> and they've already blown up. They've already confirmed that they canceled, uh, one Wonder, Wonder Woman movie. Yep. One Woman three is canceled. I think before James Gunn or not really before James Gunn, but like right around when they hired James Gunn, they canceled the Batwoman movie, which was done. They just needed to press the upload button on HBO Max, uh, and they blew that up, which is just, I don't get it. I don't get that one. I do not understand. But it might be a part of, like, you need to stop flooding the market with these unconnected things. That's why it's not working. And they're like, well, we're about to release Batwoman, and he's probably like, that's another thing that will confuse people because it's not related to anything else. All right, let's blow it up. I think, if anything... I think it's not a matter of needing to have a connective strand between their mm. their movies because I think at this point if DC does that, everybody's just going to say, oh, they're just trying to do what Marvel does. Well, that's what they've been saying the whole time. So why not embrace it? I, I, I feel like with the Batman, that could have been the starting point of changing that. Mm. Right? Of yeah. saying, nope, we're going down this path. Yeah. And not... And and not doing what they just did. Yeah, I don't know. That's me. they're That's supposedly me. still making the new Joker movie, the Joker sequel, with Joaquin Phoenix, and Lady Gaga as Harley Quinn, and it's going to be a musical. Did you hear about this? It sounds very. It sounds like it's going to be very successful already. I can tell. <laughs> I think it's it's going to be. It's called Joker Folly Adieu. Which I don't know what that Folie means. Adieu. Folie adieu. Folie adieu is uh, what is it? It's fate. It's uh, the fate of two. No, it has to do with um. Oh my gosh! I used to know. Folie adieu. Um, I, I thought it was kind of like a not not a. Dex Mahina, but like it's one. Of, it's it was supposed to be. Anyways, continue. Folie adieu is defined as an identical or similar mental disorder affecting two or more individuals, usually the members of a close family. Okay, I didn't know that. That's a very good name for the Joker sequel starring Harley Quinn. Um, And it's going to be a musical. Yeah, which is interesting. And it's, uh, I believe they said it's... Wait, 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 with Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga is Harley Quinn. So that means Margot Robbie's out. Yeah, no, this is not, this is a different... 
This is another DC, but no, this is a different Harley Quinn. That's a different Joker. This is a different uh, Thomas Wayne. So, so who knows? James Gunn might cancel it. <laughs> they have like four different little pocket universes going. <laughs> it's just, anyways. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I would love to see someone try to make a map of like the quote unquote. DC. <laughs> I, I know I know Margot Universe. Robbie's been coming out and saying she wants to do a Poison Ivy movie. A Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy? Yeah. That'd be interesting. I thought I heard that she was done with Harley Quinn. No. That's not what I heard. Okay. I heard that she said she wants more and she wants to do stuff like the Poison a uh, Poison Ivy uh team, team up. up or whatever. Yeah. yeah. That'd be cool. That's what I heard. Yeah. But I mean it sounds like she's just gonna be kicked out now, so that's gone. <laughs> we'll so. see. We will see. Um yeah, I don't know. I think I think they if I were them I would hold on to Batman I would hold on to Joker I think Joker was the highest grossing R rated movie of all time so what I think so over Deadpool uh, maybe but I think so I think it was okay so I don't know we'll see get Lady Gaga in there don't they have a new Joker already lined up yep <laughs> for the Batman two or whatever um uh uh uh, barry keegan Mm -hmm. uh from eternals Mm -hmm. um yeah i don't know we'll fucking see who knows (laughs) they could do anything at this point i honestly i don't i don't care (laughs) like i i i don't care if they blow everything up and they cancel all of these things and start from scratch and i don't care if they just kind of whittle them down and keep some of them going i don't i don't james gunn has got a tough job right now he's a very tough job Uh, to be honest So as far as determining the recipe of success of what happened to Marvel, yeah, I think there was the uh, continuous thread of a larger picture that definitely helped keep them in sync. Yeah, that definitely helped uh, have there be a pulse and a rhythm to them. But I also think you have to really focus on if you focus on the very beginning, uh, it was Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, a, a very good actor, charismatic like plays the part perfectly yeah on top of how they shot that movie mm-hmm. right that was i think just that was the big catalyst mm-hmm. that was the uh titan ae spark sure <laughs> wow what a pull <laughs> <laughs> i really liked that movie when i, when I was a kid apparently <laughs> you know you know what i'm referring to right when the, the titan <laughs> shoots out the yeah 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 wow and it spins and it starts pulling everything together to make a new Earth. Yeah. Yeah. Holy shit. For those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, you need to go see this Matt Damon um, animated movie. Led, Matt Damon and Drew Barrymore led movie. Wow. Titan AE. Great soundtrack. Sure. And uh, it was really... For, back in the day, it was, it was pretty well done. Yeah. By today's animation standards, it's very clunky. Jank. It's fine. <laughs> um, anyways, um... um I think DC doesn't have that. The spark. They don't have their Iron Man. They, they don't have their Robert Downey Jr. Maybe. They maybe have that with Robert Pattinson. Yeah, I was going to say maybe Batman. Maybe. And that's if you can keep Robert Pattinson tied, which I don't think they could. I don't think Robert Pattinson would stay on that. I'm sure he signed some kind of tr- contract of like, if I, movie sells over blah, blah, no, blah, dude, you will like, sign After on hearing for him trilogy. in interviews about doing twilight and how he felt about doing twilight it was just like i don't know i don't i don't see him wanting to wanting to be committed to it i think that they're very different things i think he got to do something very special and he got to act in batman (laughs) versus just be creepy in twilight i don't (laughs) i don't know how you describe what he did (laughs) in those movies i think he I, i believe he said he purposely tried to be as awkward as possible it worked and it worked. The fans love it. Unfortunately, them. it worked. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. We will see. Okay. Ongoing developments in the DC uh, uh, cinema. For better or for worse. Yeah. What else we got on here? I uh, have you, You're an Apple Music boy, right? I am an Apple Music boy. I'm a Spotify boy. Oh. Okay. Um, I got my Spotify wrapped. Oh. Did you get your Apple Music wrapped? Is that a thing that they do? I did. I got my, I got my Apple Music wrapped. Do you have any interesting uh, call-outs? Uh, I'll be honest, kind of no, because of two very major things. 
One is that I uh, listen to music when I work out. And number two, I listen to music when I go to play hockey. Got it. So I have some very specific um, repeats Yeah, that kind of made it. So yeah. it's not an accurate representation of what I listen to. However, I will tell you the eclectic range of what I listen to. Sure, please. Which is good. Um, hang on. I'm going through it now. Uh, come and see. Okay, so uh, do 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 do. Um, I'm trying to see what would be the most interesting thing. Um, I surprisingly listened to, uh, Coheed and Cambria. Ooh, because of that new album they dropped. Nice, which is fantastic. You mostly listen to the new album. Yes, it's yeah. only that album. Yeah. Um, I mostly listened to them. Number one, number two was Counterparts. No surprise there. Yeah. Uh. Okay, I'm I'm trying to find something that's a little more I don't know, unique. I feel like there's nothing unique to me. Uh Interesting. Uh, uh Okay, here. You ready? Here are my top 10 yeah, most listened to artists. Artists. Yes. Coheed and Cambria. Yeah, wow. Counterparts. Yep. John Mayer. Yep. Becky Hill. Yep. Kygo. Zach Brown Band, <laughs> Griffin, Seven Lions, uh, Galantis, and Jason Ross. As the, as the list hit the bottom there, I stopped recognizing them. But that top five or six or whatever is just a caricature of you. <laughs> what do you mean? If someone said, "Hey, look at this random pl- this random top ten someone made," I'd be like, "Oh." That's weird that you just pulled a random person off the face of the earth. That is my friend Dubs. <laughs> like, no doubt. So, yeah, that's... <laughs> Counterparts John Mayer and Kygo on one on one list. That's Dubs. <laughs> yep. Uh, what about you? What about you? Uh, very interesting. I got... I have to watch these stupid uh, videos, I think, on Spotify. Or can I skip to the end and then just... Here are your results squeezed onto a page. Um, Top artists. (laughs) And I thought this was pretty funny. Number one, The Beatles. Number two, Fleet Foxes. Number three, Paul McCartney. Number four, C418. Does that ring a bell? And number five, Father John Misty. Which, for those who don't know, is The Beatles, Fleet Foxes, a guy from The Beatles, fucking minecraft <laughs> and then a guy from fleet foxes so my top five is kind of a top three yeah and one of them is minecraft we are very different in what we listen to yeah i like to chill i like songs that are just like yeah like the groove bangs you know yeah like the the beatles and the paul mccartney i like to like bob my head while i'm driving mm-hmm. and, you know a little a little bit of scoot doop uh fleet foxes father john misty you know i like to i like to belt some tunes sometimes and i like some some chill acoustic like ethereal wilderness crunchy campy music and then c418 is just on repeat when i'm at work so <laughs> i'm surprised that wasn't higher Peace on the list. And serenity yeah exactly i like to chill um uh, my top songs are is interesting because it is from one playlist which is my spotify playlist called national parks radio which is just a bunch of songs that i put together that sound like they would be good to listen to while you're in a national park okay um so number one is ooh la la by uh faces um which is like a 70s song you'd recognize it if you heard it um but (laughs) spotify also shared that this is your top song and this is the day of the year when you listen to it the most at seven times in one day and it was the day i got engaged i'm like that's interesting because it's on my national parks radio playlist and we were in a national park when we got engaged okay and then i like i really like explored that song i'm like that's a really interesting statistic that that was the day that i listened to my most listened to song the most so I like look, read through the lyrics. I'm like, whoa, this song is really anti-relationship and pretty anti-women. <laughs> so that's a little interesting. A little but Freudian it's, inside out there. You no, know, but just, it's so catchy. It just sounds so nice. <laughs> all the other kids with their pumped up. <laughs> it's kind of one of those. It's it's the, my folk rock semi-charmed kind of life. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Um, uh, I listened to This Must Be The Place, but a cover of it by a band called Sure Sure. Okay. Uh, not the original. Uh, In the Aeroplane Over the Sea by Neutral Milk Hotel. And then Golden by uh, My Morning Jacket. Um, 
just some some chill music. I listened to twenty three thousand eight hundred and fifty minutes of music. I listened to not that much <laughs> by comparison. Uh, here uh, here are some of the more popular songs. You yeah. ready? Yep. Dylan Francis. <laughs> yeah. Uh, John Mayer. Yeah. Cautious Clay. Yeah. Coed and Cambria. And then Griffin. <laughs> Very nice. So a little, a little chill, a little, a little, a little up tempo stuff, you know. Yeah. Um, my uh, it also called out on mine that a new genre that I became a much bigger fan of in 2022. The genre is called stomp and holler. Okay. Uh, which makes me just think of Mumford and Sons. <laughs> like, I think Mumford and Sons and st- is stomp and holler, but I fucking hate Mumford and Sons. <laughs> but, but I do, I think, in general, like that genre. And then it made me like a Spotify wrapped playlist of like, here's your stomp and holler playlist of like stomp and holler songs that you like or that you would like. I was like, yeah, I like a lot of these. And then a bunch of them are like, that's not stomp and holler. Like, that's, that's just folk rock. But okay. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of folk on here. I think I'm very predictable. Yeah, I think it's not that hard. You want to know what is a surprise? Hmm? Guess what is in the top five along with my a eulogy for those still here album. <laughs> yeah, by Counterparts, uh, Midnight's, Midnight's T Swizzle. Oh wow, nice. Right, <laughs> is right. that top albums? Top five albums I listen listen to. Interesting. <laughs> very cool. And then yeah, and then Counterparts eulogy for those still here. Very nice. Cool. <laughs> um, that's, yeah, that's surprising. I, 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 again, I can't put too much into it because uh, of what I listen to when I work out and what I listen. And you also know that when I work out, I listen to, I think a lot of people stereotypically think that I put on metal Ooh. or hardcore music, like mm. hardcore rap or something. Yeah. And, you know, we're listening to, um, you know, Kenny Loggins. <laughs> yep we listen to taylor swift we listen to like club remixes tonight yeah last couple weeks actually but we put on you know taylor swift we yeah. put on just random just 80s, 80s stuff like 90s. that 90s we put on uh, we had a little uh dr disrespect phase where we put on like 80s synth uh like, oh i found atlas fm mm-hmm. oh fantastic but yeah just yeah we're just putting on synth wave pop and it's it's not like it's the same stuff all the time no but i usually listen to on some level uh very similar types of music just because of the beat yeah i think think it's just the beat yeah for working out just for you know drive like there's certain times that i'm driving on the highway specifically where it's just it's just for some reason it's, it's just i need to hear heavy music interesting i don't know what it is like like metal or something like, like that engage lame of god mm. kind of stuff uh i think because you have a lot of bottled up rage and <laughs> you're on the highway <laughs> where uh it, it is it is a place that is conducive to rage <laughs> so you gotta i think that's probably it yeah you gotta that's get it out probably it but oh it's fantastic i also found out the other day yes that they have a playstation wrapped up which is basically Spotify wrapped, but for PlayStation. But for games. Yes. Okay. So I took screenshots of my results. Ooh, ooh do tell, do tell. I, <laughs> there's one very interesting t- statistic that it doesn't call out, but I found. Number one is the like total play hours. I played 172 hours of PlayStation this year, which isn't crazy. That's not a lot. Which Yeah, it's not crazy for me. I, I played a lot of PC and I played a lot of Switch. Probably um, more than PlayStation. Okay. Um. 108 hours are PS5 titles. 64 hours are PS4 titles that I was playing on the PS5. Okay. Um, so mostly mostly PS5. So that's that's kind of interesting. Uh, my most played game on the PlayStation was Minecraft. And I played Minecraft quite a bit more on the PC this year as well. I like kind of switched back and forth uh, with 63 hours logged on the PlayStation alone. Yikes. Okay. Uh, then Marvel's Spider-Man Game of the Year edition. I uh, played that through with my fiance. She loved watching it. That was 16% of my playtime. Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker Saga, PS4 and PS5 edition. Um, I didn't have to say that part. That's just the whole name. And then a PlayStation Plus title. The uh, It's called Deep Rock Galactic, which I think I told you about. is like a bunch of dwarves mining in space, like on asteroids and stuff like that. And you're fighting yes. hordes of aliens. Yes, you did tell me that. So fun. I was 
into that game for like two weeks and it made my top <laughs> playstation and then uh number five already is god of war ragnarok <laughs> oh wow <laughs> because that's I'm, only been out for how long i don't know but i'm like 20 hours into that game and there's no end in sight <laughs> it's like it's it's a beefy game okay okay uh next page i earned 176 trophies this year out of how many what out of how many out of all the games I played. Like, I got all of those Minecraft trophies. We talked right. about that in the episode like, one Yeah, ago. but, like, if you had to guess how many total trophies there are for you to capture with your current games. Thousands. <laughs> thousands. Thousands. Tens of thousands, probably. Okay. I wonder how many trophies I have, which I could find out for you right now. I think. Hopefully. I hope this doesn't take too long. Well, doesn't your PlayStation Wrapped tell you that? Not how many total I have, um, oh, but how okay. many... I have 3,864 trophies total. And you've accomplished how many? 176 this year. So pretty small year for me in terms of trophies. But the interesting stat that I had to build, 176 trophies, I played for 172 hours. So I got more than one trophy per hour. That's really good. Even more if you just count my Minecraft time. That's really good. Um, I got 50% more trophies than I did last year. So last year was a really slow year for me. Uh, yeah, pretty great. Oh gosh. Lower on that page. It has my trophy, total trophy count. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, and then they, they gave me my total time with PlayStation plus. I spent 14 hours online, 21, uh, monthly titles have been added to my library. My top PlayStation plus title is deep rock galactic, uh, obviously. But yeah, I thought it was interesting that, um, PlayStation got into the game and I think, nintendo does it too so uh we could look up our like nintendo total oh i play nintendo maybe an hour this year (laughs) (laughs) yeah i i don't think i played mine that much i played quite a bit of mario kart because all the new packs were coming out and i i got back into hades for a couple weeks there um and that was fun Hmm. so you know what games i'm playing right now uh with my uh with my best friend Mm-hmm. on every tuesday mm-hmm. uh we try to play a game together mm-hmm. uh right now we're on dead space 3 ooh, ooh. is it multiplayer co-op interesting i did not know that it's long yeah <laughs> <laughs> and it's weird because every situation you have you think oh this is it and then nope <laughs> <laughs> and then we close out and it's you're at 34 percent of game progress uh, <laughs> what the f- how does this keep going so it's it's uh it's definitely interesting and it's taken us i want to say we've had to get to 75 to 80 percent of the game completed for it to finally feel comfortable in combat wow okay. where it's oh our guns are hurting them and <laughs> yeah no it's not supposed to feel like that in dead space yeah and it doesn't yeah for a long time yeah. and now finally it's oh now we can get them finally that's interesting <laughs> and we can hold enough ammo now so we can fight them <laughs> yeah yeah so it's definitely a little different uh man i remember how iconic like how game changing the first dead space was like the, uh, what was it uh mothers hate this game or something like that that was yeah. the big tagline yeah <laughs> But, like, just as a video game, like, the mechanics, like, your health was just the lights on your back. Like, yeah. they tried to do as minimal HUD as possible. Yeah. Uh, and, like, your ammo, like, when you aim down, it had, like, a little hologram of how much ammo you was. So, like, they wanted to avoid as much as possible, like, having, a, like, a HUD on the screen. They, it, like, it was, it I on think, one of the first real horror games. No. Re- no, I said real horror I wouldn't count Silent Hill. Ah, Silent Hill, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say Silent Hill. No, they yeah, were, Silent they were pretty good. I mean, it the first Dead Space is fucking terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, thank you. I, it's scarier than Dead Space 3. The fr- yeah, it I think it, it's one of those series that got more mainstream accessible mainstream actiony less what it originally set out to be the oh, other yeah. example is mass effect where it started as the space rpg and it eventually turned into a third person shooter with some rpg elements yeah that's a good way to put it because i remember i was telling my friend while we were playing while, while we we're playing dead space 3 i'm going you know <laughs> i also didn't get fully scared in dead space 3 until just this tuesday a few days ago 80 percent through the game yeah i finally had my first actual involuntary what the fuck like yell hop back out of my chair 
fucking surprise. Amazing. You want to know what's funny? Yeah. It was one of the dumbest things that they did to scare me. It was fucking stupid. <laughs> fucking stupid. It was to- nothing. Nothing popped out. Nothing like crazy or what you would expect would happen. Happened. I opened a door, yeah, a big blast door for us to walk through, and we're just going through corridors. And there are things hopping out of vents, like yeah, and just jumping out of vents. We're killing them, like yeah, yeah, reloaded, yeah, reloaded. Okay, here we go. And I open up the next, the next door, and my character was too close, so my camera angle auto adjusted to yeah. be even closer. And the door opened, and the the two biggest amoebas that you <laughs> fucking deal with. <laughs> We're just like, blah, 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 just like, <laughs> yeah, just, just, they, they were, they sounded waving their arms above their heads like Kermit. <laughs> they were way scarier than that, but they were just there and screaming and like spitting things up and just right, flailing right on the other side of the door. Like not even they ran to us. It was I. I it had to have been a glitch. They were that close. The door <laughs> opened and I couldn't see the room. I just saw arms, legs, skeletons, <laughs> blood, like black goo, yeah. and screaming right in front of you. And I just went, oh fuck! And I just, <laughs> that was <laughs> filled the whole camera view because yes. the yes. camera was so close. Because <laughs> it glitched on the door, so it wasn't even like an actual planned scare. It was just this glitch out, but so it scared that's perfect. them. Perfect. I I hopped. I, I hopped up in my chair because I just went, oh, shit. And I just, I just, I, that was the only true, oh, shit moment for me. He got scared one or two other times beforehand because <laughs> he never played Dead Space. I played, I think, 20 minutes of Dead Space, the first one. Yeah. So I had an idea of the game. Yeah. I think he played none. Yeah. And I said, let's play a Dead Space game. And he said, okay, Dead Space, 3 is, Dead, Dead Space 3 is the only co-op game. I said, okay, fine. So he's the first few bits. He he was like, "This isn't that scary." And then every like every other week, there's one thing that goes, "Oh, okay, okay." Just <laughs> there's some shit. I don't. I can't do scary games. I like scary movies, but when I'm in control, I get like a full body like anxiety, stress, fight or flight. You and your fiance should play Dead Space Three together. No. That's Co-op. not gonna happen. Why? That no, she plays Animal Crossing and Mario Kart and Stardew Valley. So this will be quite the experience. We might play It Takes Two coming up soon. That Ooh, that's probably worse for the relationship. Divorce than tester. <laughs> I played uh, It Takes Two with him as well. Yeah. Did you get divorced? <laughs> uh, we definitely got aggravated, <laughs> like at each other. Yes. Well, yeah, because oh, it's kind yeah. of designed to put you through those. Yes. Yeah. Like it's tur- turbulation or whatever. Yes. What? That's not the word, right? Tur- I, I, I take, I accept that yeah. word. Yes, I accept that word as a word. That is yeah. a word. Uh, it, it's. I think we we definitely got more annoyed with each other and aggravated with each other in It Takes Two than in Dead Space Three. Wow, Dead Space Three, we are more caring and considerate for each other. I will help you stay alive, my friend. <laughs> it's literally, are you okay? Yeah. Do you need health? Do you need me to? Do you need stasis pods? Do you need ammo? Are you low on ammo? Work. Hey, reload before I open this door. It hey, takes, I'll cover you as you go up the ladder. Hey, it's just, it it's, takes two is like stand on the fucking button. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it takes two is is what are you doing over there? And it's just I mean I'm hitting you button. I'm hitting. No, you're not hitting the button. You're getting off the button. I'm standing on the button. I know you're off the button because the bridge is still moving. <laughs> I really, I've been trying to convince my friend to let me play uh, Portal 2 co-op with him, because it is that. Yeah. But like, oh, yeah. with like some difficult puzzles. I, I, I played that with him as well. <laughs> and it is like, you kind you have to work together, but it's very frustrating if you don't. But you can also do like little bits here and there where you just kind of like sabotage the other person. Like, all right, stand on the button. If you step oh, off yeah, the button, yeah. I will be crushed to death. And you're yeah. like, oops <laughs> step off the button yeah i want to give that a shot and uh maybe record it pop it on YouTube i'll be honest portal 2 got really tiring for us interesting because the puzzles got so hard like mentally tiring yeah, yeah and i was just this isn't fun interesting i'm not having fun anymore he uh he has never played a portal game so he's gonna try portal one which is like a good sampler yeah of like this is basically a tech demo uh when they made it so if you like this move on to portal 2 which is one of the best games of all time and then if you like portal 2 we'll hop into co-op together once you have a good feel for the controls and stuff i still think the two of you should play dead space 3 mainly because it's not as scary as you think 
uh <laughs> she it, it's not gonna happen she Why? she doesn't do scary she like literally a jump scare like any of the ones you just described to me will make her cry <laughs> like okay. she will t- sob <laughs> oh no okay um yeah there's definitely some oh gosh yeah she may not like that game yeah i'm, I'm just thinking of the screams of uh, some of them uh-uh <laughs> Uh-uh. Like, we walk <laughs> and, in... <laughs> and I don't really like them, so... We, we'll walk into a room, and it's... The ambient noise is so loud. Yeah. So every drip is super... Right? And then you hear just... And then you're scuttering, like, yeah. up top, and you go, okay, and we all... We both look up, yeah. and we don't see anything. And and I'm, you heard that, right? Yeah, I heard that. I heard that. Okay. Uh, and then you're looking at all the vents on the wall. We might have friends. Just keep an eye on the right side. I'll keep an eye on the left. It's like, okay, we're looking. And we're going down the hall, and one's leading the way, and the other one's walking backwards, covering the flank yep. as we go down the hallways. <laughs> and you, no fucking And then thanks. there's, you walk into a room, and it's full of just dead bodies. Yep. And it's just, okay, cool. They're not going to do anything. But then these oh, little, wrong. these little, <laughs> they look like brains. Mm-hmm. but Little squ- metroids. Brains, but but squids. Yeah, okay. And they crawl around on the walls, Ugh. and they get, and then they dig into the bodies, and the bodies come up. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, no, no, no. <laughs> Stop them! They're almost at the bodies! They're almost at the bodies! <laughs> Horrible. Um, this kind of leads me into a question I want to ask you. Yeah. What would be the most offensive faux pas for you in your experience in terms of gaming and somebody saying something that would... Okay. So let's say somebody said... Um, who's Mario? Oh, or a uh, what's a Yoshi? Yeah, or Zelda is the is uh, the main character. Not even not even knowing that. Just just is Zelda a book? <laughs> just full on. They don't know the existence of a thing. What would be the biggest faux pas to you? Of what do you mean? What is Mario? Or what is a Yoshi? I mean, I think. From like a cultural standpoint, it would be like, well, "Who's Mario? What, Mario? What? Like, because that's just like, oh, oh, my sweet summer child. <laughs> like, oh, you don't know, <laughs> you don't know anything. Mario is more than video games at this point. Like, it doesn't you can't but, not know about Mario. True. Both of my grandparents know about Mario. Well, enough. I'm just telling. I'm just saying an example. I was just saying. I, I think I I painted a good example. What if somebody said, "What's uh, who's like, what's a master chief?" Yeah, I mean, I went, think just what? not knowing about things, you get a pass because there's so many video game things I don't even know about. No, but I'm talking about to your point, a mainstream cultural thing of you, you, you should know. You don't have to have played the game, but you maybe should have at least known what this is. It's got to be Mario, right? It's got to be Mario. Do you think Mario? Yeah, I think so. For you, it would be Mario. I think for most of the world, it'd be Mario. I think Mario is like literally one of the most famous fictional characters in the world. <laughs> like, like number one, like in terms of most famous people, it's like the Queen of England and then Mario and then Michael Jackson. <laughs> so okay. I think it would be Mario. I, faux pas for me would be like, oh, I hate Luigi. He's so annoying. Like, Luigi's such a bitch. And I'd be like, you take that back or I will gouge out your eyeballs with pencils. Um, but that's still the Mario franchise. Yeah, but, like, I think a faux, a faux pas for me would be more blasphemy versus uh, someone just not knowing something. Okay. You know? Okay. Like, uh, oh, I've never heard of Inception. What is that? Versus I have a coworker who just hates Inception. It's like his personality. And it's like, well, that's a bad opinion, and you're bad because of it. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, I think I think those would be my faux pas, or like, oh, oh, no, I got it. Uh, using choosing to use motion controls in Mario Kart—that's the biggest video <laughs> game faux pas. Like holding the Wii controller sideways and driving like you're in an actual car versus just using the thumbstick—that's the biggest faux faux pas really? for me. Yeah, or like choosing uh, "Say It Ain't So" in Rock Band for like the fifth time in a row. You know, "Say It Ain't So" by Weezer. No, I know. You know what's funny? Huh? 
you you said that and yeah. i don't know if you saw my eyes start to kind of roll back <laughs> and i caught them you've had some experience yeah of just being in the room and hearing people play it and Cl- just the click clacks <laughs> it's just <laughs> or or can i suggest a new faux pas playing rock band with an earshot of doves <laughs> it's a faux pas that game used to trigger me so much i bet it did <laughs> Because I would say to people, why? That party game brought people together. It is the core basis of my friendship with one of my best friends of all time. I remember saying, I remember thinking when I came out, I just went, but you could. You could play real instruments. You could be doing. You could. I, I did that. You like That's how I learned. You could just be playing to a real guitar to songs you'll be like spending all this time hey come on over for my birthday everybody we're gonna have a bunch of drinks and we're all gonna practice (laughs) we're gonna practice uh chord progressions that's what you do that's what you do in 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 garage band do you not you you practice to a song yeah just do it to the just i think what rock band did is it brought the fun and excitement of playing music to people who suck at playing music oh i don't hate garage band at all because I, I I agree with you on that. Yeah. It's just I was so triggered every time I walked into a room and four people were standing around or or hanging out watching this. Because back then TVs maxed out at like twelve inches to be portable. <laughs> twelve inch TVs playing Garage Band, clicking buttons <laughs> to match the colors on the screen. Yeah, and just and just oh my gosh. Yeah, I no. loved it. I Rock Band. Like, I guess if you lumped them all together, Rock Band is probably my second most played game of all time behind Minecraft still. And it's been years since I played that game. Oh, man, I loved it so much. Uh, I sucked at singing. I was always embarrassed to sing. Uh, But I loved bass and guitar. And, like, drums were my absolute jam. Like, when my friends and I were trying to beat, like, a really hard song. Like, to get this trophy, we needed to beat it with four players on expert. Chris is going to be the drums uh it was oh, it was so awesome i like genuinely learned like drumming technique from that from that game obviously not with real drums so like i still don't know how to properly hit a drum but i learned like rhythms and beats and stuff like that because they had a whole training mode where it's like practice this paradiddle and like very slow and then it speeds up and like practice the uh, paradiddle too with like this flourish every once in a while or something like that um and obviously i didn't learn like techniques of like how to hit symbols and like hi-hats and uh stuff like that but um in terms of just straight up rhythm it, like that game taught me a lot it was extremely enriching for me the the best part about rock band was uh when the music major friends would get together and yeah. the drummer would sit on the drums yeah and and not play to the song yeah but just actually like <laughs> well i loved they had those fills i think they added the fills for rock band 2 because like rock band 1 you just play and then you hit like green to activate your star power but in rock band 2 once you filled up your star power every every couple um measures or something like that it would give you like a fill you could fill for one whole measure and then if you do that you hit green at the end of it and it activates your star power so eventually when i got good at the drums i would put in like sick fills that were like better than the song (laughs) and stuff like that but then most of the time they just absolutely didn't fit it's like people would be playing like boom boom bam boom boom green (laughs) it just sounded like absolute like ridiculous but yeah that that game is so fun i also learned about like so much music like that those games like sculpted the music that i was kind of into for years and like was like the seeds of the music that i'm into now uh like beatles and paul mccartney and even like fleet foxes and shit like that a lot of the music i listen to like stems back from i was a big fan of these songs from rock band and then that got me into those bands and then i got into like these secondary bands and then these tertiary bands and then i found out about this genre so i went to this genre so it like it was like that was a very pivotal game for me but you still don't like the eagles fucking hate the Eagles. i can't man. fucking believe it i fucking hate the eagles They're i the- like here's what i'll say i like joe walsh <laughs> Who is the lead singer of the Eagles? I like his solo songs. Okay. Yeah. You'll hit that age. Wait till you become an older man. 40, maybe. (laughs) 
once I decide to go from beard to just goatee. No. And once I get a no, grill. No, no, no. You'll get, you'll get there. You'll get there. I think it's going to take you two years. I think a two years are going to be an Eagles person. I will say my sixth most listened to song of the year was Ventura Highway by America. <laughs> so basically the Eagles. <laughs> pretty much. So you're already there. You're yeah. pretty close. Yeah. You're pretty close. You want to uh, wrap this up? Uh, yes, I do. I wanted to ask you, we'll have to do it next time, about something about Avatar. Something about Avatar? Yeah. We can probably get through it really quick. No. I don't have much to say about Avatar. No, we'll do it next time. Okay. We'll do it next time. Okay. Avatar next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That was scary. Don't you do that so to me. So spooky scary. So spooky. Oh, look at all those lines. <laughs> look at them lines. I don't know what this character is. Them lines be good. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs>